Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. And usually, Nerdette is a show where we talk to your favorite or soon-to-be favorite people. And this week, we are doing something slightly different. It is almost the end of 2018. Most of us are probably pretty ready to say good riddance. But of course, there have been some bright spots, too. So we thought for our last episode of the year, I would talk to some of the people who made some of my favorite things this year about what their favorite thing of 2018 was. You will hear from three awesome authors, Curtis Sittenfeld, Celeste Ng, and Jenny Han. And we will also talk to Dessa, who's a rapper, and she wrote a really great memoir this year, and she is just super cool. So we have a lot of really great recommendations for you in this episode. We've got two TV shows, one book, and one piece of pop music analysis. So with that said, let's get started. First up is Celeste Ng. Her newest book is called Little Fires Everywhere, and it was one of my favorite books of 2018, though I did read 75, so it's very difficult to choose favorites. But her favorite thing is a little show called The Good Place, which is this incredibly delightful TV show, and I don't know how I managed to sleep on it, but it's sort of like really Sweet, but also really funny and edgy, and it doesn't, you know, all those things coexist together, and it's also really smart. Where am I? Who are you, and what's going on? Right. So, you, Eleanor Shellstrop, are dead. Your life on Earth has ended, and you are now in the next phase of your existence in the universe. Cool. Cool. I have some questions. Don't you mind? At the same time that it it feels like a moment of respite from the news, it's been a while since I went, okay, this TV show is on, and it's on at this time because it's on the network, so i got to sit down and watch it, and it's on. <laughs> like, I will sit there, and I'll wait through the commercials. Um, and that, that's how sincere I am about watching The Good Place. So I've really been enjoying it, and I'm so happy to hear that it just got picked up for a fourth season. Yeah, The Good Place, I think, might just be my favorite thing that's on TV right now. Like, it's bright and hilarious and actually has a lot of, like, pretty solid philosophical undertones. So you end up learning about determinism and utilitarianism. No, this is a thought experiment. You are driving a trolley when the brakes fail. And on the track ahead of you are five workmen that you will run over. Now, you can steer to another track, but on that track is one person you would kill instead of the five. What do you do? Do we know anything about the people? 
Like, is one of them an ex-boyfriend? Or that snooty girl from Rite Aid who was always silently judging my purchases? It's like, yeah, chicky, a baby Ruth and birth control. I see the irony. Keep a swipe and... You don't know any of the workers. Yeah, yeah, when he's talking about determinism or he's talking about the trolley problem, like, you're learning something and not in the, like, schoolhouse rock educational, like, mm-hmm. kind of learn things. But you have to sort of think about how this actually would get applied. Like, it actually is kind of asking you about what kind of person you want to be. And mm-hmm. I love that. And I, there's so many things I love about the show. Um, I mean, Ted Danson just seems like a really delightful person. Um, yes. There was that video of him learning to floss recently, which is just, like, basically I could have watched all day. But I also love that... Um, I love that they clearly made a point of making a diverse cast, and they're yes. fun, and they're funny. And you don't get to see that a lot, especially on network TV. Mm-hmm. And there's all these, like, 20,000 other reasons that you, you should watch it. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, there aren't that many shows that are that unashamed to just explore what it means to be human. And that... Do it in a way that is accessible but not pandering, and also in a way that is serious and substantive and yet also funny. Like, it's it's walking a lot of very narrow lines, and it, I think it's doing it really well. All right, Celeste, here's to more fun in 2019. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? Like, 2018, we survived it. Here's to 2019 being more fun. Exactly. All right. So next up, we have Curtis Sittenfeld. She wrote a lovely book called Eligible a couple of years ago, which was like a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Her newest book came out this year. It's a collection of short stories called You Think It, I'll Say It. I have to say I don't always love short stories, but this collection was delightful. So what is Curtis into? Her favorite thing of 2018 is an HBO TV show called Crashing. I would not have thought that, like, what I need in my life is, like, a cable sitcom where a white male comedian plays himself. But it turns out... That's funny because, like, even looking at the premise, that was my exact thought. And I was like, how do I say this politely? (laughs) I know what you mean, but Mm -hmm. the thing that I think makes it different, Crashing has this real, like sweetness at its core that I feel like is very unusual. Like, I feel like so many TV shows have this almost clever, post-ironic tone and, like, kind of quick banter that I personally don't actually find that funny, whereas this show is the character that Pete Holmes plays got married very young, was raised very religious. His wife leaves him and he decides to pursue, you know, a career in stand-up. And he's, he's not very successful, but he's sort of in the orbit of successful comedians and, and at times literally is like, you know, staying in their apartment, whether it's like Sarah Silverman or various other like sort of recognizable names. Mm-hmm. But there's two things that really endear the show, maybe three things. One is he is like a very kind person and and he's, of course, brushing up against people who are very cynical. And I think they wonder, and he wonders, like, can you be really kind and be funny? Can you mm-hmm. be really kind and have a career and stand up? So there's that. There's also... Um, 
I feel like the show is realistic in, I mean, it's entertaining, but it's realistic in that a lot of moments are very awkward or it's like a bittersweet moment or it's humiliating. And I also think that in some shows there's like a sort of fake humiliation where it's almost like the main character is like sort of pretending to be like a spaz or disheveled or whatever, but it's Uh not really embarrassing. But he's experiencing humiliations that are really humiliating. Pete? Where are you all the time? You're working or something out all night. You're sleeping or resting or something all day. I'm sorry, I work, I work, yes, at night. And then I'm out late. It's not like I'm partying. I'm doing, I'm following my dream. And then I don't have time to come home and also be your best friend. We can't have an old couple's argument, man. You have to pull your weight. You f***ed my wife. Yes, I f***ed your wife, but that doesn't help pay the bills. Believe me, I wish it did, but we got to work. It's almost like I feel you could divide fiction into like books that admit that people go to the bathroom and those are in the minority and that don't admit it. Or like TV shows that admit that people like have bad breath some of the time. I think that crashing captures that really like nuanced, granular sort of thing that is being a human. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great and actually, like, really thoughtful and important right now. Tell me what you think. Or tell tell me or Twitter what you think of it. Okay, will, happy I new will. year. Thank you. Um, happy thank- new year to you, too. This was really okay. fun. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to hear about a great book and a really good, like, surprisingly good breakup song. This is Nerdette. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So I've been talking with some of the people who made some of my favorite things of 2018 about their favorite thing of 2018. We just talked about a couple of TV shows, but now we're getting down to the good stuff. It's all about the books. Double jointed, triple thread. I'm not some method actress trying to see my, my descent. You're going to have to play the tape backwards. Save that breath. Next up, we have Dessa. Her new album is called Chime. And she also has a really excellent memoir that came out this year called My Own Devices. You are not going to guess what Dessa's favorite book is. I am super stoked on a collection of short stories Mm -hmm. by Curtis Sittenfeld called You Think It, I'll Say It. Oh, You Think It, I'll Say It by Curtis Sittenfeld. That's funny. We just talked to Curtis before the break. How meta would it have been if Curtis was like, you know, I'm really loving this new album by this chick named Dessa called Chime. Oh, well, it's still awesome. They're all real-to-life stories. Right. They're just, like, people doing stuff. They're people doing stuff. So this is not outrageous circumstances. This right. is not murder and, right. and, and, and political intrigue. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. And there's no, like, These it's not everyday. sci-fi nope. or, like, yeah. These are everyday characters. But they're told but they're told so well. And, and some of the stories are funny. Some of them get a little dark. Um, 
but I've been surprised at how quickly, with a paragraph and a half, completely invested in the lives that these made-up people are living. Yes, I read these earlier. I think it was my favorite short story collection oh, this year. Oh, it's so good, and it's... Um, I think it's made more good, better, um, by the fact that <laughs> that's for, for you polymaths out there, that word is better. <laughs> by the fact that, like, I don't understand exactly how it's built that's making me like it so much. And I'm like a word guy, you know, I'm a writerly person. So I actually got to interview Curtis also for this so episode. Cool. And I told her, like, What's funny for me is I generally have a hard time with short stories because I either love mm. them so much that I'm mad that they're not novels oh, sure. or I didn't like them and then I don't get why I wasted my time. My time. Mm-hmm. But these and like I haven't spent a lot of time studying the craft of the short story because obviously that is an art in and of itself. Absolutely. Yeah. But like there's something about the way she has structured those stories where they're just like they're perfect. Like it's oh. the exact morsel that you want and you're satisfied at the end and ready to move on to the next one. It's like tapas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an abundance of delicious share plates. <laughs> yeah. And I, I happen to really love short stories in part because my, oh, okay. my, my attention span oh, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> caves on me every once in a while. And also because I, I do my reading in little, little pieces. Uh-huh. Right. But I think that in collections very often, even with some of the writers who I most admire, by the fourth story... You got the gist oh, of what yeah. we're doing here. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And, and it feels like... It's like the same set of notes in a different... It's like the third bowl of ice cream is never as exciting as that first <laughs> spoonful. Good still, you know? Whereas I feel like she, each story, there's no, um, there's no homogenizing experience as, as, you, as you read that book. At least there wasn't for me. Yeah, it's just a new flavor every time. Yeah, man, it's good. It somehow manages to be fierce without being like overtly aggressive either. I'm going to say that... Uh, you know what I mean? I do, but I also want to make it gendered in a way that I'm going to say like, I have thought a lot more in the past few years and I think I probably have some company in that about like what it means to be a woman mm-hmm. and what parts of my experience in being a woman are eligible for sharing that could interest people, hmm. that could be shared in mixed company. And reading... Curtis's book has made me reconsider if it isn't possible for me to open the aperture of my own storytelling to let in more of my experiences instead of self-editing those out with the presumption that those will not be interesting to other people. Wow, that's high praise. What up, Curtis? I'm just really glad there are people like you and Curtis in the world. So thanks for that. That's my 2018. You think it'll say it? <laughs> I got snow in my pockets. Went down again head first. Lace drill bits to my point shoes. Pirouette through the hardwood to pay Our last amazing, awesome person who we are hearing from in 2018 is Jenny Han. She is a YA romance author. You may have heard of the Netflix movie To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Jenny Han wrote the book that that movie is based off of, and she was an executive producer for the movie. If you have not seen it, you definitely should. It's on Netflix, and it is excellent. It was definitely one of my favorite things of 2018. 
2018. And Jenny Han's favorite thing of 2018. Wow, I was really sitting and thinking about this for a long time. Ooh, I love that. Is a little song you may have heard of by an artist named Ariana Grande. And I finally came to... Thank You Next. Thank You Next. Thought I'd end up with Sean, but it wasn't a match. Wrote some songs about Ricky, now I listen and laugh. That is my, uh, one of my favorite things of 2018. And not even the video, which I thought was really fun, but the song. Everyone thought that it was going to be this sort of like petty revenge, kind of like tea on her exes. But then when it came out, it ended up being just like a celebration. Not just of her old relationships, but of Ariana herself. I found it just so positive. It actually made me cry (laughs) when I was listening to it. You know, this is really really funny. It's really amazing to hear you say this because I was in a gym class on Monday and that was the second song that played. And I loved it so much that after class, I went up to the teacher and I was like, hey, what was that song that played during (laughs) triceps? (laughs) Wait a minute. You didn't know it? I didn't know it. No. I listened to a lot of NPR. (laughs) Okay. Well... Maybe you weren't aware of the buzz surrounding it before it came out, but people were really primed and like kind of licking their chops, waiting for the takedown of the exes. And then it ended up not being that. You know, and I think that she's just had such a really tough time of it these past couple of years. And to see her take her pain and then turn it into something so beautiful, I felt like it was just like a triumph. It had many levels to me as I was listening to the song. And I thought a lot about, you know, that's why I write books is to be able to take the different struggles that you go through and then, you know, use it all up and put it into something and make it art. And I feel like that's what she did. And I don't know, it was just the right moment to hear the song, too, because I feel like we as a country have had a rough go of it. And the song, to me, it feels like learning from the past and then like looking to the future with gratitude. So essentially what you're saying is you want to say thank you next to 2018. Yes, yes, and not in a shady way. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, not in like a disrespectful way, but just like appreciating it for what it was and and becoming a better person for it and then moving on. Yes, exactly. That's the spirit. I gotta say, I love so much the idea of saying thank you next to 2018. It's been a great year in so many ways, but I, for one, am super looking forward to moving on to 2019. I hope all y'all are too. And thanks for listening to Nerdette. It really means a lot that you're on this journey with all of us. The show is produced by myself, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Our co-creator is Trisha Bobita, and our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. Nerdette is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. You can subscribe to Nerdette on Apple Podcasts, follow us on NPR One, or listen in the WBEZ app. It's also super helpful if you leave us some stars on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are at Nerd at Podcast. I am at Greta M. Johnson. 
And Justin, is it cool if I say what your Twitter handle is in our episode? Sweet. I got the thumbs up. And Justin is at Justy Bull. We have a newsletter. I bet you're going to like it. We're going to put links to all of the things that I and everyone else mentioned in this episode. Of course, we will also have a link to that video of Ted Danson flossing. I have to admit, when she first said that, I thought she meant like actually flossing her teeth because that is how out of date I am with the cool kids, but that's okay. We're also going to put some other fun stuff in the newsletter. We'll probably have some dog videos. Definitely a pie recipe because this is what is important in life. You can sign up for our newsletter on our Facebook page or you can find it at wbez.org slash nerdsletter. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear. Do your homework. Watch some fun stuff. Read some good stuff. Have a good 2019. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.